The attractive houses located towards the western side of the site are called Civil Officers Row. This is where the professionals live with their families. They prefer to call it Quality Row. At the southern end of the row is the Visiting Magistrate's House, which for a time was occupied by Commandant William Champ. Champ was regarded as being less severe than his predecessor, Commandant Booth, and later went on to become Tasmania's first Premier. This house was also occupied on occasion by the senior surgeon, and in the early 1900s it was a hotel described as unsurpassed by any other in Tasmania for comfort and convenience. The small cottage next door is the Roman Catholic Chaplain's House, built in 1844 to house the first Catholic chaplain, Father William Bond. His appointment was an intelligent response to an influx of Irish following the famines and a dispute over the inflammatory content of a sermon by the anti-Catholic Church of Ireland Protestant Reverend Durham. Next in the row is what we call the Junior Medical Officer's House. Originally built for Thomas Lompierre, this museum house is a must-see for anyone visiting the site with its lovely furniture, beautiful blackwood archways and doors, all carved by skilled convicts. The house would later be used to accommodate the doctors and their families. At the rear of the house and separate are the kitchen and servants' quarters. Upstairs is the nanny's room and children's bedrooms. Situated on the corner is the accountant's house. By the late 1880s, the house would be used as a school and presently is our education centre. And finally, the parsonage. Probably better known these days for its reputation as one of the more haunted buildings in the country than as the home of the Reverend, the man responsible for moral reformation. The Reverend George Eastman was the most famous and probably most universally respected of the reverends. He was known to the convicts as the Good Parson. The parsonage was originally a double-storey building. The top floor was sadly lost to fire. Families of Port Arthur were large. The Lompiers and Brownells both had 13 children, the Eastmans 10. By 1842, there were around 120 children being raised and educated within this prison, and the wives were virtual prisoners in their own homes. They couldn't enjoy the freedom of simply walking out the door on a fine day, as they were living in the middle of a prison among the worst convicts in Van Diemen's Land. Despite this, picnics, soirees and dinners would be held regularly. Birthdays and special occasions would be celebrated. Their days would be consumed in needlework and tapestry, pressing flowers and collecting seaweed samples. Mrs Champ sent a collection to the Universal Exhibition in Paris in 1855 and an album of Charlotte Lompierre's seaweed collections can be viewed in our museum. Small day-to-day problems would arise, often involving alcohol. The Lompierres soon discovered their governess, a free woman, Miss Wood, had a drinking problem. After being found drunk one too many times, Miss Wood was dismissed. The officers would have to keep a constant eye on the convict servants living with their families. Thomas Lompierre found that his male servant was stealing his wine and had him sent back to the works, a labour gang. At a celebration following a baptism, 
two female servants were noticed as being extra clumsy. They would be dismissed for having partaken too liberally of the rosy god. And within a month or so, another servant, Hannah, was not only drunk, but insolent as well. Convict servant Anne Forrest would be found drunk with the soldiers and was on at least one occasion kept in solitary for 48 hours to sober up and to dry out. I believe these women were eventually sent to the Cascades Female Factory. To learn more about female convicts, I thoroughly recommend a visit to the Cascade Female Factory in South Hobart. The Convict Church is without doubt the most beautiful building in Port Arthur and one of the truly iconic buildings in this country. Lieutenant Governor Arthur would personally lay the foundation stone. Built by convicts, it would have a capacity for a congregation of around 1,200. Both convicts and free persons would attend but would enter the church through different doors and be separated by curtains. Moral reformation at Port Arthur was essentially about instilling the fear of God, the threat of divine retribution and the possibility of redemption and a place in paradise. Lieutenant Governor Arthur believed that no criminal could actually be cured unless he had embraced the word of God. Sadly, in 1884, embers from a garden burn-off landed on the shingled roof which caught fire very quickly, and within half an hour the whole church was ablaze, leaving the ruin we see today. The small wooden church is St David's, which was built May of 1927 in response to a growing community having nowhere to worship. Further on from the convict church you will find Government Cottage, essentially built to accommodate visiting VIPs to Port Arthur. Located at the top of Lovely Gardens, it would at least feel separated from the convict areas. The beautiful government gardens were created as a place where families could enjoy a pleasant environment and feel a semblance of safety and normality. But the reality of where they were must have been very difficult to escape. In 